Have you ever had a goal that just seemed impossible? If so, you've come to the right place. Welcome to the Notable Peeps Podcast, a series that gives attention to remarkable people who are putting on their shoes, doing their best, and believing in the impossible. All my dreams are coming true. You're pushing play and listening to the Notable Peeps Podcast. Hello, my name is Steph, and the way that I start my day is my alarm clock goes off and I hear the lyrics, all my life I've been living in the fast lane, can't slow down, I'm a rolling freight train. Now, those lyrics come from the song Polaroid by Imagine Dragons, and the thing that made me fall in love with this song was... A couple of years ago, I saw this YouTube video, and this song Polaroid was playing in the background as it shared the story of these two guys that were riding their bikes from Canada to Mexico. They called it Project Canco. And so that's 1,500 miles. That's a pretty huge task right there. But not only were they doing that, but they had raised over $100,000 for the Tyler Robinson Foundation. And the Tyler Robinson Foundation is an organization that Imagine Dragons started to help families that have children with pediatric cancer to provide them relief. So these guys are traveling down the coast and surprising these families with these huge checks. And you can't not watch the video and not feel inspired. Like, it's just amazing. And and during my time two years ago in Alaska, I watched this video over and over and over, and it would always pump me up and just brighten my day. And I was so obsessed with it that I had shown it to everyone. And it was about this time two years ago in Alaska that I, I decided I wanted to start a podcast. And I remember telling my friend Miranda, hey, I want to interview those guys from the video. And did I actually think it would happen? No, I didn't know anything about podcasting. This was just an idea. And Jesse and Jeff were like super cool guys. Like, why would they want to come on an unknown podcast? And this has been such a sweet experience for me because these were the first people that I wanted to interview. And it, and it happened. And not only has it been a special interview for that, but also this is an amazing story. You're going to hear a ton about Tyler Robinson and the remarkable kid that he was and and really how this came about, his love for Imagine Dragons and how he was able to influence the band and they were able to influence him and this wonderful organization, the Tyler Robinson Foundation. You're going to hear all about that in the interview, but I just want to let you know, I hyperlinked the crap out of the little podcast blurb that you'll see at the beginning. So maybe you're, you're listening to this from Notable Peeps and you're like, why are there so many hyperlinks? Or maybe you're listening to it on iTunes or Stitcher or TuneIn or Google Play. I hope wherever you're listening to it from that you go to these links, that you watch these videos, these videos of Tyler at the Imagine Dragons concert, meeting the band for the first time and everyone cheering his name. These videos of Tyler's family and the band talking about who he was and how he affected people's lives. Um, and this video of Project Canco that is still inspires me years later to this day. Anytime I'm having a bad day, I just watch that video. Look at these videos. I hope that this is an interview that as you're done listening, that it inspires you to just like this podcast is all about, to put on your shoes, do your best, and believe in the impossible. So enough of me talking. We're just going to dive into this interview. I'm cutting out the introduction. So here are my two new friends, 
Jesse Robinson and Jeff Steenblick as we talk about Project Canco. Now I want to say 15,000. Mm -hmm. 15,000 <laughs> miles. <laughs> twice bagged, around the globe. They biked 1,502 miles from Canada to Mexico in 18 days and gave out 110 grand. We did that. Yeah, it you was did that. So welcome, guys. Already, I just am like, you guys just talk. I'm just here for the ride. So. All right. These guys are BFFs. Yeah, we may mm. just talk about everything else except this if you give us the reins. <laughs> Jeff, you look really good today, by the way. Hey, you do too. You got I like your shirt. We're wearing the same one. They're both twinners. Oh my gosh. So. We're wearing what? the same How shirt. Did you do that? What does your shirt say, Jesse? A TRF ambassador. What does that mean? Tyler Robinson Foundation. Yeah. You know what this means. I, I do. Oh, 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 oh there's a question. I'm You're just, setting me up. I'm just yeah. okay. It's, yeah. Yeah. it's Tyler Robinson Foundation. Uh, this is my I'm first. Impressed. This is my yeah. first podcast. I thought I'd give that a try. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, I knew what you were doing. I was just playing um, along with it. I like play it. Double playing Jeopardy. So to start, though, can you tell us a little bit about who Tyler Robinson is? Yes, definitely. So Tyler Robinson Foundation was founded six years ago, 2013 after the passing of my little brother, Tyler, to cancer. And uh, Tyler's just one of those kids that faces something as a teenager and takes it on like he's a full-on mature adult who has gone through this 10 times. Just an absolutely inspiring kid. It was his attitude that made him, like, abnormal. You know, he's a normal kid, and um, he did normal things that you both love and hate about teenagers. <laughs> <laughs> But um, the amazing thing about him is he never complained. And the amazing thing really is, too, this was his second life-threatening illness that he faced. Oh, really? One when he was 12, which put him in the ICU for six weeks. And in those six weeks, he had 11 surgeries uh, oh, trying to battle a uh, staph infection that went septic. And uh, to be completely honest, he actually came closer to dying during that period than his whole battle with cancer. Oh, man. So, and then fast forward four years, he's 16 years old, he gets... Diagnosed with a muscular cancer called rhabdomyosarcoma. When we found out he had stage four rhabdo and 97% of his bone marrow was infected with cancerous cells. And then if you looked at the MRIs, he had so many tumors along his spine that you like literally couldn't count them. So the prognosis was grave to say the least, but we had a lot of faith and Tyler was, like, he's a warrior. I know it sounds cheesy, but, I mean, these cancer kids, they're all just magnificently incredible. I mean, there's no other way to explain it. And uh, Tyler was one of them and uh, battled cancer for about a year and a half. And really, honestly, he beat the odds. And then was declared cancer-free and had four healthy, active months of being a normal kid again. And then we found out after four months, he, uh, well, he collapsed into a seizure when he was in the bathroom one day, and and um, we rushed him to the hospital, and we found out that he had three large tumors that had grown into his brain during that period, and and you know, less than twelve hours later, he had passed away from from that. So it was uh, a blow to all of us. We thought we had gotten through the cancer just like we did the staph infection, and we're kind of in disbelief that he passed away. But um, there's a very powerful quote that I'll tell you that kind of set the precedence for the legacy of Tyler and for our family. 
and that was uh, that in the midst of difficulty lies opportunity. And uh, those words never ring more true. The other side of the story is that when Tyler was going through cancer, him and I shared a deep, deep, deep love for music. And I discovered this band, Imagine Dragons, when they were playing these little shows in Utah. And I loved their music so much that I would just share it with everybody. I loved the style of their music. I loved their presence on stage. And in fact, I would share music of this band with people. And I'd say, hey, listen to the music first. And then I'll tell you their name because I thought Imagine Dragons was kind of a, <laughs> kind of a silly name, right? Uh, and, good marketing. Um, right? <laughs> yeah. Now it's like, you know, Imagine Dragons, of course. Rock band extraordinaire. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, my brother uh, really attached to one of their songs, It's Time. And in the song, It's Time, there's a lyric that states, the path to heaven runs through miles of clouded hell. And that lyric became... Tyler's motivation. It became his saying that we would say to each other during his battle with cancer. And we'd wake him up to go to chemo and he would say, and I, you know, I'd be like, Hey man, it's just, it's the path to heaven. That's just kind of what you got to do. You got to go through the crap sometimes to get to the good. And that registered to him as a 16 year old. And he grabbed onto that very strongly. In fact, I had broken up with a girl right after he was uh, diagnosed and we created this whole path to heaven thing. And I was up in his room like crying and he comes up to me and he like puts his hand on my shoulder and he goes, well, that's the path to heaven. And then he like walks out the door, probably went and got some like pizza pockets or something, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, here's this cancer kid, like just completely shifting the paradigm of perspective on me. And that, that, that line, uh, we shared with the band on a Facebook message that my uh, good friend Zach had, had formulated. And we sent that to them thinking, oh, it'd be so cool to take Tyler to a concert. And to see his favorite band. And I never in a million years thought they'd check that message. And uh, lo and behold, we got a message back from them. And they're like, this is the coolest thing we've ever heard. You know, we told them all about the song mm -hmm. and why Tyler loved it. And we're bringing him to the concert. And and uh, so we went up and we kidnapped my brother from the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely illegal activities. <laughs> oh, but... wait, did you really? Yeah. <laughs> please, you can't just Jeff, leave. please elaborate so, on the yeah. severity of taking a cancer <laughs> I, kid from the hospital a to, a, kid, to yeah. a concert. I was going to say, I'm a registered nurse. I work in the ICU. It's not an easy thing to do, especially at primaries where there's increased security. Like every time I hear this story, I'm blown away that... <laughs> They got out of there. I don't know. Did you have a, like those glasses and nose mustache disguise on him? We or? just said we're going down to the cafeteria for <laughs> some blueberry pancakes. Gotcha. <laughs> it was dinner time. They mm -hmm. totally felt for it. <laughs> and you got him out of there. But thank goodness you did. Yeah. By the way, that's a plug for those blueberry pancakes at Primary Children's. They yeah. are fantastic. <laughs> I've never had them. They sound yeah, I think amazing. Thursday though. mornings is when they. I Thursday, from well, what I remember, Thursday mornings. Okay. So they don't even make it in the evening time. No. That's, that's the funny part of that. That's great. <laughs> If, but if a cancer patient came down and asked for blueberry pancakes, I'm sure that someone would make it for them. Yeah, well, yeah. We'd hope. Anyways, whatever the story is, I told Tyler, like, hey, look, your doctors are going to be super pissed. Your nurses are going to be pissed. Because <laughs> not only Your social worker out, is going to be to, like, so mad. A yeah, a gathering where people. lots of people share yeah. air. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's the last place you want a, a, a kid with a compromised immune system to be hanging out. Yeah. And I told him, like, all right, forget all of those guys. Mom and dad are going to murder me <laughs> if they find out this happened. So you can't tell a soul. So we agreed not to tell anyone. And this was going to be his first time seeing the band. And uh, it's just one of the – what happened at that concert is 
just probably one of the greatest moments of my life. And if you ask the band today, they will tell you point blank that this experience on stage is still their favorite as a band. That's and even after they played at the Grammys and played at other big They've venues. done everything. Yeah. I mean, they've literally done everything <laughs> that a rock everywhere. band can do. And they and they, they revert back to their memory at that small venue in Provo. 300 people where uh, my brother was brought to the front of the room and thrown up on my shoulders. And Dan Reynolds, the lead singer of Imagine Dragons, sang the song It's Time face-to-face with my brother. And um, I'm just so grateful that I had the thought process or the thought capacity enough to take my phone out and record it. And you can see it online. It's just a raw film of emotion where the band is behind it and the whole crowd is behind it. They're chanting my brother's name. And I mean, I went outside afterwards. I cried. I was bawling for like 10 minutes uncontrollably because I was so happy. It was just so Mm -hmm. overcome with emotion and all the positive feelings that come from that. And uh, that was the beginning of a very incredible and deep, meaningful relationship that my brother and I had with the band. And from there, the band really took off. Now they're Imagine Dragons as we know it. And by the time my brother had passed away, about a year after that experience, they were global. And uh, I remember sitting in the hospital, one of those crappy chairs in the hospital room. They give you good posture. (laughs) (laughs) They're not comfortable. (laughs) And um, Dan Reynolds had called me, and uh, he was sharing his condolences with myself and my family, and and that was it. That was the beginning of the Tyler Robinson Foundation. They knew that they wanted to preserve Tyler's legacy. Tyler had inspired them to a degree that motivated them to use their platform to make a difference. And between then and now, the Tyler Robinson Foundation has been just this global force growing and growing and growing and helping so many. I mean, I'm talking hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of families that are going through uh, the same battle our family went through, pediatric cancer, and we help them financially and we help them emotionally. And our program quite literally is the best. I have full <laughs> faith in saying that, that nobody else does what TRF does. Our, our, our program is all encompassing. We will help families that are in financial strain anywhere from $12,000 to $64,000 from one to three years. We give them so many research. I'm not going to get into that entirely, mm-hmm. but uh, TRF is a global force that is like kicking butt and taking names. And it all started with a really cool kid just with a positive attitude. Mm-hmm. And it's more than just giving the money too. You guys set these families up with advisors, professional financial advisors who volunteer their time to help keep these families out of bankruptcy, not just giving them grants and money, but yeah, we have a partnership with Merrill Lynch who supplies financial advisors to every single one of our families across the country and in Canada and Mexico. And we're soon looking to expand into Europe and then global domination. (laughs) (laughs) No, but that's cool. Good domination. Cause it's not just like being like, Oh, here's money, but it's showing how to use it. Yeah. We teach families fiscal education. We teach them how to budget. We put them in as many better financial situations as possible. And we use our money as a tool to educate them and to put them in a better position. We're very meticulous with where our money goes and how it's used. And because of that, like the change that is occurs in a family's life from our program is mind-blowing. And 
I think we're going to be talking about 10 of those families yeah. today in this podcast. Great transition. Wow, nice. But before we do, I just have a question. So did your parents kill you? Like, <laughs> That's you the funny it's part. Because you, you filmed right? it. So did it get out? You have so evidence. What, destroy yeah. evidence. what do I do? I remember thinking like that night. I was so stoked out of my mind and like seriously so filled with the spirit <laughs> that uh, in blind faith, I texted that video to everyone in my family. Oh, really? Like not even worried about it. And uh, I've never gotten reprimanded once. I've been told that was an incredibly stupid thing to do. But uh, Or a criminal mastermind. You <laughs> broke a child oh, out of a children's hospital. <laughs> <laughs> oh. If you ever need to break a kid out of hospital, yeah. <laughs> they know who to call. Oh, that's great. Well, okay, yeah, so let's talk about, so you guys drove from Canada to Mexico, and mm -hmm. in this video, so the video that you guys have, it is seriously, I, when I first saw it, I just showed it to everyone. <laughs> it's amazing. I wish yeah, we could yeah, just I, play it in this podcast. Yeah. yeah. I will definitely have it up. Hyperlink that. Yeah, I'll definitely have it up, because it's awesome, but, I mean, this was an easy bike ride, because there's, like, points where it's showing you guys puke on the side of the road, yeah, and, like... That happened. Okay, yeah. there's some really funny and crazy yeah, things so that happen on this ride. Yeah, so I just want to hear all about it. So can we just... We're just yeah. going to jam back yeah, and forth? Yeah, just tell us your experiences. All right, These. Jeff, I want to make eye contact the whole time. <laughs> okay. I'm I don't want to break it. I'm going to blink, but I'll keep my eyes Blinking, fixed of course. on you. Blinking, okay. is okay. Right, so I... TRF had really quite exploded, and in the second year of TRF's existence, we were... We were... Uh, nominated for the fastest growing foundation in the u.s Whoa. and it was cool because the global headquarters was in my parents basement because <laughs> i lived oh, at my, my parents gosh. house all the time if you go to the door to this day there's a big vinyl sticker of trf and then like it says trf global headquarters global headquarters <laughs> yeah it's pretty funny and that's where you know trf was born and where we ran it for a few years the same room we'd all hang out in ninth grade and that's right man and Jeff came over one day and we're hanging out and Jeff's just about to, to graduate from nursing school. And he tells me when I graduate, I want to do something epic before I start working. I, no, I called you on the phone. You did? This, yeah, because I distinctly remember calling you while I was on my bike. I'm pretty sure. Or maybe I just hit the had the idea when I was on my bike. And I'm like, I have to call Jesse. So regardless. you can guess what the idea was. <laughs> what is it? Jeff's going to bike from Canada to Mexico. I'm like... I'm going to ride just a really far distance. I didn't know where it was yet. And I was like, Jesse, give me a t-shirt and a hat, maybe a couple extra t-shirts, give it away to people. No, 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 no. You said, let me borrow a TRF shirt <laughs> and I'm going to buy a shirt. And so I, I thought, no, man, let's take this to the next level. First of all, you can have that shirt. I never want it back. <laughs> you get really stinky. <laughs> And, and third of all, I'm like, why don't we just raise like a hundred grand and surprise a bunch of families along the route? And in that like 30 like, minutes, okay. yeah. Canco was born. Canada, Mexico. Smash that together. Yeah. Canco. Nice. <laughs> Best friend, 10. <laughs> and so then we, this romance. Yeah. then we realized now we got to go raise the money. So over the next like three months, right, we just like went out and we talked to basically it. knocked doors and we have, we, we raise a lot of money through TRF, through the yeah. band and other activities, but we wanted this to be separate. And this is something that we did on our own. So we went and raised the money. We raised just over 120,000. Really just knocking doors and like talking to... I mean, it was more like calling that people cool. that had money no, and like, companies that's, and... That's cool. Because Jesse already had a lot of connections having... You were working full-time for the foundation at that mm -hmm. point in time. Mm -hmm. So you already had a lot of these connections and knew how I, I probably raked in a very small fraction of, of what yeah, the we work had some, he did. But. We had some really cool sponsors. You know, mm -hmm. SAP is one of the largest Hard Rock software Cafe. 
companies in the world, Hard Rock Cafe, the 49ers. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. That's yeah. Cool. Jeff, turn around. We'll get to that. Oh, yeah. Look, you can read our You can cut this sponsors. out if it's not even cool, but yeah. here's our sponsors. What do we got there? Notice, iBerk, Kinkapi, i4D, Walker Edison. Those guys are the bomb. Pro Bar. Oh, yeah. United give Healthcare. Me, give me a cool hat. Live Nation. Live Nation was our largest sponsorship. We got a lot of great support and money from them. And Anyways, this is can I sit down kind of irrelevant yeah. for the podcast. You don't have to actually No, but I think that's that, cool. Like, you guys got some big names. You got the 49ers. Big names. So, San Francisco 49ers. Yes. Not yeah. to be confused with the other 49ers. Of the whole ride. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll get to that. So Kanka was born in, in there. And over the next three months, we raised the money. We made the plans. Uh, the band donated their original tour bus, the Dragon Wagon, yeah. to us. It was like this 1980s short bus with a bed in the back. Which is just about as loud as it could possibly <laughs> yeah. be while driving. The windows up or down, it doesn't matter. You go over 30 miles an hour, you can't have a conversation <laughs> in that bus. Can I say something? Driving yeah. that bus home from L.A., the air conditioning broke through Death Valley. Oh, no. <laughs> So and that was your reward for that helping was awesome. tons yeah. of families <laughs> after sleeping cancer. for two hours and then driving at home after riding across the country in the dragon wagon. In the dragon wagon. <laughs> the dragon. Yeah, wagon. it has their picture. It has the, their autographs in it. It was really cool to show the families that too when we'd pull up and kind of have a piece of the band with us. That totally. So the cool thing to know about this is we legitimately surprised <laughs> these families. They actually had no idea yeah. that we were rocking up with these checks. Rocking up, and the How idea. Did you find them? So TRF, when we find families, we work through partnered hospitals, oh, okay. and when we have a partnership with a hospital, we work with social worker departments to find these families. and And the social workers are the ones that know the families the best. They know their diagnosis, their financial situation, and when we usually pick a family for um, a grant, we go through them. So we called up some of the hospitals that we work with, and we called up a few new ones along the route. We told them what we were doing and who we were looking for, and they found us the families. And we went through applications and ultimately picked them. We tried to... Sometimes like a day or two before. Yeah, sometimes we were picking families like the day before, the day of, Mm -hmm. and miraculously would call them and arrange a time to interview them. (laughs) I'm doing air quotes right now. Mm -hmm. Interview them. And uh, so they thought that they were like uh, doing an interview for a grant and we just rock up with these checks and (laughs) it uh, you cannot put it into words what it's like these families that are so destitute financially that they can't even afford to go out to a movie with Mm -hmm. their kids and have some you know resemblance of family life you know they're fighting in many cases for the life of their kids and the last thing that they care about is what it costs to save their life you know, and, and usually a parent will have to stop working and bills go up. No matter what you do, bills go up. And to provide, you know, a $10,000 grant to some of these families was massive. Mm-hmm. And in fact, some of these families, three of them, we inducted into our normal granting program. So three of these families actually received a $50,000 grant. And uh, so we, I mean, ah, so many cool stories. We're Every, just broad stroking it. Maybe we yeah. should dive into a few details. We could dive into some details. How about the very, no, the second family, the single mom. Mm. Uh, we surprised her at their apartment. Mama Bear. Mama Bear. I actually just talked to her like a few days Did ago. Did you? Yeah, I call her Mama oh. Bear. <laughs> so this lady. She's the bomb. Yeah. Working three jobs. Oh. 
literally told us a week before we showed up or two weeks before we showed up, she donated her last dollar to cancer research, pediatric cancer research. She was just like, that's the last thing I can think of that can save my daughter's life. She was desperate. Yeah. And so she, with a prayer, donated that money. And then here we are a week later or so. Knocking on her door. Knocked on her door and gave her an oversized check, which was a symbol of the grant that she was receiving from TRF. And I've never seen anyone kind of break down so quickly in my life because that $10,000 meant so much more to her than, you know, $10,000 to any of us. Yeah, just raw emotion. <laughs> you know, and that's a great example of TRF's culture is is Tracy, this lady. She actually lost her job about a month ago. And, you know, I think she was a little hesitant to, to ask for help, but she finally reached out and asked for help. And, like, I think right now we're – Reinducting her as a grantee family. Yeah, she's going to help your, her out so she gets another job and part of the TRF family now. TRF for life. TRFF. TRF FLM and life. All right. So some great stories. All right. Here's my favorite story. Not my favorite story. One of my favorite stories. Yeah. You can't pick one. It's actually not really a story. It's more of a moment of sheer terror. Is not what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. This is different. Not the It was our first day. Okay. We had flown into Seattle. And no, you had flown into Seattle. Oh yeah, okay. I flew into Seattle. I drove <laughs> dragon wagon at sixty-five miles an hour the whole way. <laughs> Again, can I just say that my flight was rough? Yeah, yeah. That's two that. and a half hour I've flight. Heard about this. Way worse. I don't think you're thirty hour my... drive in a dragon wagon yeah. <laughs> alone, <laughs> listening to nothing but Imagine Dragons because that's the only CD I had in there. <laughs> All right. So, um, let me let me preface this story by saying that. We trained kind of. <laughs> That's an overstatement. Like, really? We kind of trained for this. I and did. Let three, me just say like about two yeah. days before we left, Jeff and I both learned how to clip into bipedals. <laughs> yeah. like, learned or tried and failed. I remember clipping in for the very first Jeff time. Jeff clipped and in and fell over. Wait, but I thought falling you were, over entirely. were biking before. When you no. Were, like we uh, mountain bike. I yeah like that's our experience we're oh, not road okay. bikers mountain biking a little bit but like clipping in riding with traffic riding on the shoulder stopping at lights well, riding more traf- than three or four miles at a time yeah obeying traffic laws <laughs> it's kind of hard i did three i did three training rides before doing this yeah so we, you guys were pretty sore we were we were fresh we had fresh legs we <laughs> did not think this through <laughs> physically mm-hmm. And the moment that I first realized that was when we had gotten on the bus, the dragon wagon <laughs> from Seattle, <laughs> and we drove up to Vancouver the morning of the first ride. And I remember driving on the freeway for what felt like hours, <laughs> yeah. thinking in my head the whole time that we have to bike this today <laughs> back and Turn then around. pass Seattle to Tacoma, which is another like 30 miles. Mm-hmm. And I thought in my head... We're screwed. We're going to die. That was the only thing that was going through my head. I'm like, there's no way we're biking to Mexico. You know, and we had all these deadlines. We had to be in Seattle, then Portland. Like within Then wherever the next town is. We had to be there like day after day after day surprising these families and stuff. And we had all these events lined up and and stuff. And I thought there's no way we can do this. And um, I'm glad you kept those thoughts to yourself. (laughs) I was trembling, man. I was seriously so scared. And we launched uh, the bike ride 
at Peace Arch State Park. Yeah. Took a little, did a little photo thing. The first like couple hours, like we were laughing the whole time, yeah. and it was so much fun. Yeah. And the video, yeah. you guys like so pumped. Yeah. Pumped. <laughs> we're like doing zigzags around the like, street. Day one was kinda... a blast, and then shiz got real. <laughs> you know? We fell asleep. Yeah. Like if we were cyclists and trained properly for this. We would like just knock it out, but we were literally amateurs. Yeah. And did not train for this. Again, overstated. And by like the <laughs> grace of God, we never crashed. Nothing ever serious Nobody happened. Got hurt. Nobody got hurt. Nothing happened to where we couldn't bike. We had three flat tires total, all within like an hour yeah. of each other. Like, that was it. That was it. I mean, I can. Look, I doubt I will ever do anything like that again, purely because we should have gotten hit by a car. (laughs) My, yeah, that's, that's a scary thought. My favorite scary moment was we woke up at probably 430 or five before, well, before the sun comes up. This was in September. The butt crack of dawn. The technical term. Yes. (laughs) And uh, so we're like, okay, we'll throw our headlights on, like the headlights on the front of the bike and the taillights and we'll ride through this. This was, this was going through uh, the Redwoods, which is a beautiful ride in the daytime. I'm sure. One of our headlights went out. Yeah. So Jesse's, no, your taillight went out. My headlight went out. We're riding on these narrow, narrow roads through the redwoods without a shoulder, and there are logging trucks. Oh my god! Starting their without day. a shoulder, without like, a, and they're going like yeah. fifty miles so, an hour. Yeah, we're like on that white line it on the was road. So dumb. I don't know. I can't believe we did. We like, should have just, just pulled over and did it, but we we're like, no, got to pedal through it, and we didn't die. That was probably the scariest moment. It was terrifying. Was we became crazy. one. As he yeah. used my headlight and his taillight yeah. for two bikers in the dark I, I was on these ta- logging roads. Yeah, I was worried you were going to tap your brakes and I'd wreck. Because our Could wheels were like, like yeah, they'd actually, oh. the wheels would touch. They'd go and form one bike. The sound of unity. <laughs> Wait, so you guys like not training for this? I mean, how? how I long don't did it know. Take you That's until the oh. like <laughs> you were feeling super crappy. Mm. Uh, let me just say that uh, Jeff is a champion, and he definitely biked the most of the two of us. Biked a lot. I'm like, uh, I was probably pushing 230 pounds or 240 when we were doing the bike ride. Jeff's like a, a buck oh five or something. I weighed probably <laughs> 140 by the end of the trip. <laughs> I lost a lot of weight. I thought you were going to ask the question, how did you guys do it? I literally don't know how we finished that bike ride. We'd wake up with, with our heads up. In, we'd wake up at four or five in the morning and we'd bike till four or five at night. We were doing like on average 100, mm, 100 miles. Like 90. On, 90 to 100 yeah. miles a day. 85 or 90. And the most that I'd ever done before that was 40 miles in one day. Yeah. And it wrecked me. Yeah. And then we would finish our ride and either go directly to like a beautiful place to shoot video for the video or scarf down a sandwich and work on, work on the video. We We didn't rest ever on that trip. We were up till probably at least 1230. More like 1 a.m. every editing night, the editing the video, bouncing ideas off each other. How are we going to get the word out about this? We're managing all the families. We're going to surprise yeah. and yeah, you hospitals were in the Wait, and so we had press really events. And three of you. This was four of us. Four of you. It was me, Jesse, Patrick Romero. And, and his poor wife. Sarah Romero. Three high school friends. Yeah. <laughs> definitely She's weren't the most mature. <laughs> she <laughs> was a <laughs> and She even got on the bike a little bit. Pat. 
Did he get on a bike? I don't think Matt knows how to ride a bike. Yeah, I don't either. We didn't have training wheels. But he was taking videos. He was taking videos. But yeah, Sarah hopped on for a little bit. That was we had a team of four. So that's a pretty small team to manage this whole big Mm -hmm. experience. It was really quite incredible. I mean, we were all hands on deck. Yeah, like we slept for seven, eight hours a night. But then when we were awake. Sometimes that much. Maybe less. All right. Uh, yeah. But when we were awake, it was like everyone was doing something constantly. Oh, yeah. And I think, oh, I mean, the best part had to have been the fact that we could eat like 20,000 oh. calories. And still and have room to, to consume some Yeah. I mean, food. not to get too graphic, but I think I went to the bathroom like three times on that trip because we were just burning everything we everything ate. We couldn't eat enough food. Was used for energy. <laughs> it was wild. It was very wild. Speaking of wild, my favorite football team is the 49ers. We reached out to the Niners, and we'd done a few things with them in the past they, with our foundation and, and their foundation. Told them what we were doing, and they were all over it. And they uh, they wanted to do a whole surprise at their facility during a practice. So we somehow got a family out there to meet uh, you know, the 49ers, Toy the facility. It was like a new facility, and we're just hiding there, like in their workout room, watching practice. And Mm -hmm. you know, this like little girl was there with her, with her, with her mom and her sister. And and you teamed up with Make a Wish that day, right? Yeah, she was doing her Make a Wish, Meet the Forty Niners day. Yep, there was a team up, and we just walked out in the middle of like this this practice and surprised them with this grant. It's the cool image on the video. You got to watch it. Yeah. And, uh, well, as you can guess with every one of these surprises, like emotions run high and there's a lot of tears and all the feels in the world are mm-hmm. there in that moment. And it's really cool being with these rough and tough football players. Yeah. Huge guys. Huge. They're monsters. They're like in Goliath, real life. Goliath size. And, uh, they all just like, they were so fun and playful and interacting with, you know, this, this cute little girl and. And combining the Make-A-Wish with the TRF surprise of 10 grand was just, God, that was so cool for me. And then we <laughs> got to blast. eat in their all-you-can-eat buffet cafeteria, they which was amazing. Oh, like with like four not, chefs on staff. Yeah, this like is constantly. not like your elementary school lunch, ladies, which <laughs> those people are amazing. But this was like gourmet food. I'm going to pose a question for you. Who? Oh, What's greater me? as an NFL player? Making millions of dollars playing a game or that all-you-can-eat buffet? I would go with the all-you-can-eat buffet. You can't put a price tag on good Make food. that too. So not only are you physically exhausted, but these experiences with these families, you're probably emotionally exhausted too. Yeah. I think the most draining family was at LA Children's Hospital. And draining not in a poor light, but like the most miraculous story we had was this single mom whose four-year-old about was diagnosed with cancer just towards the beginning of his treatment. Um, her the, the kid's dad left because he didn't want anything to do with that. This lady grew up in an abusive foster home or an abusive... She didn't have parents of her own. She had a rough go at life from the beginning and then all this happened. And, you know, lives in a one-bedroom apartment. Her kids sleep on her bed. She's sleeping on the floor. Um, and doing what single moms have to do to stay alive and care for these kids. And now, now her kid has cancer. Um, so I feel like hearing her story that shook me the most. 
and we were able to donate a pair of bunk beds too, or something along with that and just kind of personalize the, the, the grant process a little bit more and then sent over some church volunteers to set those up later. But I think every one of their stories is so unique, but that one really drained me for sure. And then just thinking about that, but that as draining as that was, that was also like the source of strength. You tap into that when you're writing, especially between Portland and San Francisco, San Francisco, that was the longest stretch we had without any surprising of families. You know, I think it was like five days of just pure writing, which was miserable. But whenever you're like, oh, I just want to stop. I want to give up. You'd tap into that energy and be like, no, like, what are these people doing? Not only the kids who are incredible sources of strength, but what are their families doing is so much harder than just riding a bike for a day (laughs) or 18, like, or riding a bike every day for the rest of your life. What they're going through, and Jesse's family can attest to that, is is way harder. But that was just so motivating to see the strength of those people. Yeah, Jeff's not kidding. Like, I know it sounds a little kind of corny when you explain that you know, you're biking and it's hard, and then you think about these kids and what they're going through. Like, go and try it and <laughs> think about that after meeting these families. Mm-hmm. And like, bike rides, nothing. No, like, and uh, the pain and the and the difficulty. Like is overcome by your ambition to mm-hmm. just crush this bike riding yeah. into the next family. And, and that's why I always wear this shirt still when I work out or when I go do stuff. And my brother now wears it whenever he does his big races and stuff. It's Oh really? It's, that's, that's just cool. You tap in yeah. that energy. Can I tell you a little bit about you can. how your story is tell like affecting me? You haven't talked at all this this Because <laughs> I like podcast. hearing from you guys. Will you please talk? But okay, so Jeff, I remember that we became friends on Facebook back yes. when I had Facebook. And I mm-hmm. looked at this video and I was like, what the heck? This is so cool. That and was that, two years ago. Three, two and a half years ago. It was a while ago. Oof. And um, I became obsessed with that song. So that song is now my <laughs> clock by Imagine. Wow, Day. still. <laughs> and it's and a, you're still not sick of it. No, it's a great way See, to wake up oh, in the man. morning. I can't pick my favorite song for so. that alarm because then I associate with associate that with but it's just like positive i don't know but it's a good song but then i remember i was in alaska during my 30 life crisis (laughs) and while i was up there i remember showing like thinking about how i wanted to do a podcast Mm -hmm. and you guys were the people (gasps) i wanted to interview like you were one of the first get out of here you're making it up look at that and i showed full circle we just went full did we just say full circle at the same time (laughs) Three-way high five. Three-way high five. <laughs> oh, microphone. No, um, no, but really, like, I, because um, I had showed, I had showed that video to people mm-hmm. before because I just loved it. But I remember, like, it was towards the end of the time that I was there, and I was like, yeah, I want to do a podcast. And I was like, I was like, and I'm going to ask these guys that, like, different one from Canada to Mexico to see if they, they would be on it. And then we had an interview scheduled last year, and it didn't work out. Ooh. And then I blame Jeff for that, here. personally. No, I just feel like our me. schedules just... And I check my work. email like once a week. Totally, it's, just, know, that's it's, how we, it's my like, fault. It's hard sure. coordinating three people's schedules, but it really goes with everything this podcast is about of yeah. believing in the impossible, and that you guys didn't have any training before. And the started. genesis of your podcast <laughs> came from that idea that you can do anything even if you don't know anything about it. Yeah. No, but really, I'm not making that up. Like I it really was awesome. super inspiring like to me. So you know, I watched this video and. Let's be honest, it's the coolest video. Um, yeah, let's not ju- just saying that. No, I'm it biased. is. It is. And the video, I watched that out. video and I'm like, those guys are amazing. <laughs> and then I'm like, it doesn't feel like, like 
like we no pat like and sarah so, made us look really good it was so video, beyond so us it, one of, it's one of those 100 percent one of those god things i mean from beginning to end god was in the details and he set up all the families he set up all i mean everything that happened was so beyond us every time i watched that video i'm like what an experience it was like almost like an outer body experience where just mm-hmm. like jesus take the wheel and he did <laughs> the first the first family we surprised they were literally had their discharge paperwork signed they were loading up the car and that's when we showed up mm-hmm. you can't plan those kind of timings or surprises like that there was definitely some uh, divine intervention through that whole ride yeah, I wish we could go through each one of the families that we helped. These families are just like rock stars. I talk to most of them still to this day. They're just we have a special bond with these families more than some of our other Tierra families, and yeah. and out of it, my you know my favorite family came out of it. Just I love, I like I love these guys so 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 much, and um, you know. It, there's a sad reality to pediatric cancer, and, and and that is that research is not quite caught up for pediatric cancer to the levels that maybe adult cancer has. And you know, we've of those ten families we helped, five kids have already passed away, which is kind of a, actually a higher number than normal. Usually, it hovers around twenty percent of kids that will, you know, pass away from their cancer diagnosis. But for some reason, we met some of the best kids on earth through Kanko and uh, half of them have passed away and it's, it's, it's heartbreaking, but you look at the wake that these particular kids have left in their passing and they're just like a bunch of Tyler's, you know, totally inspiring and their name. Many of them are living on in many ways of doing good and pediatric cancer. Quite incredible. Well, and in your video, you talked about how you're, and I have this memory because I've watched it so many times. <laughs> oh, we have two. <laughs> but how you talk about how oh, awareness won't like solve the problem, but the people. But action will. Totally. Action will. Yeah. Action mm-hmm. will. Well, yeah. that was the point, you know, because you see like a million people like running across the country doing something for awareness. And like, that's I'm great. not a. Dude, like yeah, that's fine. I gets, I get it. Gets the like, message awareness out. Awareness is good. Mm-hmm. It's cool. It plays a role, but like, like we just wanted to raise some money and actually do and, some good. Yeah. And along it, like we like awareness was second to what we were doing, and and uh, you know that's kind of the attitude we've had with everyone involved in TRF. There's so many cool people that are involved in this yeah, foundation that are raising all, way more money than we did. They're all doers. They're yeah. just out there doing stuff and making a difference. And in just five in five years, TRF has made a global name for itself in the cause that we have, and that is not an a testament. <laughs> To Tyler or the band, it's a testament to every single person that's involved in TRF. Thousands of people that support TRF and are part of its organizational structure and the volunteer army that we have and, you know, the hospital programs and the relationships there and all the families that we've helped that have now turned around and support TRF and push the cause. Like we, once again, it's just one of those God things. You can't explain it, but it's clear that Tyler's life, his purpose on life here was to inspire and to leave early 
because of that, it pulled at the right heartstrings, inspired the right people. And, and now I look back, like I miss Tyler so much, but what's happening with TRF is so incredible that that is okay with us that he's gone. Like I'm going to hang out with him again and we're going to catch up on our bucket list that we never finished in the next life. Uh, but for now, we got some families to help. <laughs> and Canco is just a small piece of that. And mm -hmm. my personal is my personal favorite experience with TRF was Canco, no doubt. What a cool legacy that he's left. And, and it's just cool, like the little actions in our life that you don't think mm -hmm. have a big effect. Like you, you taking him out to that concert, you know. Ripple effect. Yeah. I was just going to say on that note, we spoke to a group of youth once about this and we titled our like speech or whatever. Uh, what was it? Uh, I had it like a minute ago. So Don't let, never suppress a generous thought. That's oh. what it was. Never suppress a generous thought. Meaning you don't know what's going to happen if you call that person you just thought of, or you don't know what's going to happen if you follow through with that idea to go to a concert or send a Facebook message like you and Zach did. Cause it's going to have a ripple effect and like, you don't know what your actions are going to lead to. Yeah, so AKA, just do it. You know, by small and simple things are great things come to pass. Yeah. So just do it. Just do it. Just <laughs> I, but I think do in, it. in layman terms, right? Um, never suppress a generous thought. There is there's a grand design in all of our lives, and the more times we suppress those thoughts, what could happen? You could be missing out on who knows. Either something super big or even small. Who cares what it is? It's generous thoughts come from a good place and whether we understand them or not or or whatever, right? If we mm -hmm. just have the courage to just act on it, yeah, amazing things maybe, happen. And that's the story of TRF. Maybe you'll just, just put a smile on someone's face or your own or maybe it'll kickstart a worldwide foundation like or anything in between. The possibilities are endless. <laughs> can you please cut that out? <laughs> so cheesy. I can say something more cheesy if you want. Okay, so you really called up media places and oh. told them about the story? Oh, Ooh, you're going to rub this you're gonna bring dirt that in up. these wounds. Oh, should we not? <laughs> no, you can't. It's no, fine. but they said that 100 grand wasn't a big enough story to that was out. That was literally what someone wrote back to you Yeah, while we I were mean, in San Francisco. I, was, I remember that. No, I've worked with Tierra for years at this point, and we did all sorts of cool media stuff. And I'll be honest, the whole reason we raised money was to get people's attention. We wanted to be mm -hmm. different. I mean, the, the crazy thing about these media outlets is, I mean, many of them are like, come back and talk to us when you have a million dollars. And look, <laughs> I, part of me gets that. Part of mm -hmm. me gets that, like, maybe it doesn't have enough sex appeal, but who else is doing what we were doing? Yeah. The whole point of us raising a hundred grand, and actually it was more like 130 grand, mm -hmm. um, was to be different and to take action and to, I mean, if you watch the video, you've seen the video. It's just incredible. Mm -hmm. These families, it's all about these families yeah. and their reactions and what we were able to do for them. The video doesn't even do it justice. I mean, it scratches the surface. It gives you an idea. These media outlets were not about it. They didn't even want, they didn't even care to ask yeah. a few questions. We had, know. we had, Three media outlets cover us. Mm -hmm. One was day one in Seattle. Mm -hmm. Portland. And the other two were like, I think in Utah. Mm, there's one in Portland. One in Portland? Too. Yeah. Well, those places rock. California, <laughs> they want nothing to do with us. That's where all the movie stars are. They have way more money than us. Yeah, I mean, we get it, but. But, but that also, in like uh, being cliche, 
that was like fuel yeah, for the fire us, for that sure. fueled us to ride that fueled us to to make the video perfect like that that definitely fueled the fire to to do it right and make sure it was good even if only a few people saw it yeah we got the wrong reaction from the media but i'll tell you what like i've sat in front of i mean was it about six months after that i was invited to speak at the un delegation mm. because of that video oh really and we went and shared that video with these delegates from around the world that are you know, creating movements and initiatives and nonprofits for global change. And that was a, we were a keynote speaker because of that video. And then fast forward another year, uh, we were invited to another UN conference that was based around media for good. And we were there with like Sony and Pixar and Disney. And these are all small companies. These are all, <laughs> these are all companies that were nominated for, videos that were created around making social impact and i watched some of these videos one of the videos had at least 20 celebrities in it and i can't even fathom what the budget is for those <laughs> and we went up there with our little like video that we shot with our high school buddy yeah. <laughs> and we paid him probably a few grand for his time <laughs> yeah. and afterwards uh, we were nominated as like the best most impactful and moving video in that un conference battling the big boys like mm -hmm. it's one of the like, i'm going back to it again it's one of those god things i mean it was so beyond us every aspect of canco and it, it has inspired and made waves in so many ways in the past two and a half years in fact we just barely completed the east coast version of canco and we surprised another 10 families on the east coast we drove cars this time yeah Getting off the bike. We grew up a little bit. <laughs> we graduated. Can but we afford hit the, a car. We hit the the East Coast this year to do what we did on the West Coast. And, you know, we made some new partnered hospitals and met some new amazing families. And, I mean, the, the good from Canco just keeps on giving. Amen. To end, I just, so, I mean, this podcast is all about people putting on their shoes, doing their best, and believing in the impossible. And I really do believe that people's impossibles are different. Like some people, it's just getting out of bed in the morning mm -hmm. or it's getting out of debt or starting a dream job. So what's your guys' advice after doing this experience to those people that have a dream and it feels impossible? That don't believe that it's impossible because <laughs> it's not. Anything is possible when you work hard and motivate yourself every day. Gosh, I don't know. I don't, I'm not a motivational speaker, but... To me, riding 1,500 miles in two weeks was impossible, and people told me that, and it wasn't. <laughs> Simple as that. That's a deep question. That is a deep question. <laughs> My mind is going to something that has gone, you know, that I've shared with a lot of groups when I do, you know, speaking and, you know, been able to be a part of a lot of really cool speaking engagements, and my heart always goes to friendship. You know, how do you accomplish amazing things? I think it starts in many times with the right friends. You know, Zach is one of my best friends, and he's the one that said, hey, we need a Facebook Imagine Dragons. And I told him, literally, that's the stupidest idea I've ever heard. We've <laughs> got to have some connection to the band management or something. And I'm thinking logically, and he's thinking, in my mind. In his dreams. Just like, why would we do that? Mm -hmm. And he did it because he had a good thought and a feeling and a prompting, and he did it. And 
I look at Jeff who came over to my house and told me the idea of Canco and it inspired me. It did. And look, I think the best way to make a difference in the world is to be a good friend to people and never suppress a generous thought. You want to achieve the impossible, like doing it on your own most likely is not the way to go, but doing it with the right friends, you really can achieve anything. It's My true. man. They just, we just pumped. Because <laughs> I, I was moved by that. Just pumped. No, that Bump. was great. It's true though. Like if you, if and you, I'm not making that up because Jeff's in the room. I'm, I'm no. saying that because I truly believe that the best way to start is friendship. Look, you hear all sorts of self-help motivational quotes in books and videos about you can achieve your dreams. You know, Rome wasn't built in one day. All of that, totally true. You really can. But the philosophy that by small things or great things come to pass, it's small steps. And in my life, at least, it's my friends that have made all the difference. And it's me being a friend at the right times and having the right friends at the right times that have made the big things in my life possible. That's got to count for something. And it also translates into a really simple to-do, right, advice. Yeah, because now, now it's fun. You have, Be a better you, friend. Yeah, you have Make friends more to do friends. Like, do more for your friends. And I think that's where it begins. You should cut my answer out and just use that one. No, I like your answer, too. Okay, so how can people get involved? How can they donate? What? Tell us all the links. So Jeff is wearing a really, really nice TRF Ambassador t-shirt. <laughs> With, like, paint all over it. He's spinning around. So I wear it everywhere. Uh, I'm also shirt. wearing a TRF Ambassador t-shirt. This is the best way, I think, to get involved with TRF. We have an ambassador program that you can run, bike, swim, paint, donate your birthday, whatever it is that you do. <laughs> Uh, in the name of TRF, and you can be an ambassador. You know, get a shirt, rock it, do whatever you do that you, whether you're good at it, skilled at it, want to do it, want to learn it, want to achieve it, you can do it as an ambassador and, and raise a few bucks. And, you know, we're very particular on where our money goes. We keep our overhead really low and we pump most of our money to these families. And uh, hop on the website, trf.org. You'll see, like, firsthand, you know, what we do with these with these donation dollars that our ambassadors raise and like I said earlier in the podcast TRF is the sum of all of the small supporters that we have you know Imagine Dragons is awesome our big supporters that we have some of our donors they're global companies but at the core we would be nothing without our ambassador program our volunteers or all the people that do the little things Sweet, I want to be an ambassador. So. Did you bring her a t-shirt? No. Oh, <laughs> I was going to give her mine. <laughs> Guess we're going home shirt. Probably worn this 75 times. Oh, you can Broke keep it in for you. <laughs> Anything else you guys want to add? Forget us talking. Just go watch the video. Yeah, that's the main getaway. Watch the video. Share it with the people you know and you love because it's amazing. True that. I love it. Go check out trf.org and remember to put on your shoes, do your best, and believe in the impossible. Thanks for listening. Thanks so much for pushing play and listening to this episode. For more information about today's guests or to submit a nomination for a remarkable person that you would like to hear interviewed, head on over to notablepeeps.com. All my dreams are coming. All my dreams are humming. 